Hello and welcome back. I am currently a little sick and so my voice might be a bit croaky, but this sickness has also brought me here by forcing me to slow down. I find being sick often gets me quite reflective as I reminisce on what it's like having my full strength and capability. And in the process of slowing down, I remembered this space that I felt called to, or called back to more rather, having accidentally left it by the wayside for a little while. I recorded the introduction in spring last year and we're inching into winter, which feels quite fitting in regards to having an episode on slowing down and rest. Again, I'd like to begin with some intentional breathing to feel what it feels like to be alive in this moment. I find it helps to put my left hand on my chest and my right hand on my belly and to really send my breath down into my belly and right hand while trying to keep my left hand still. Babies actually breathe quite naturally from the belly, but often as we grow, we start to breathe more shallowly, which can have lots of damage on both our bodies and lives. Shallow breathing reduces oxygen in your brain, which can impair your thinking as well as increase your blood pressure and heart rate. And by breathing more deeply, by extending our inhales and exhales, we relax our body and actually decrease blood pressure and the stress hormone cortisol, which is known to speed up aging. So all in all, it's an accessible and free way of coming back home to yourself and tuning into your presence. With that in mind, let's begin by placing our left hand over our heart and our right hand on our belly and gently closing the lips to breathe through our nostrils. Inhale, sending our breath down to our belly and right hand. Your left hand is still. Exhale, gently release through your nostrils or with a soft sigh out the mouth if that feels more natural. And then let's repeat a few times together. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. I also like to visualize on the inhale feeling light like a feather and full of potential. And then on the exhale, rooting down to the ground like tree roots through the earth. Inhale. Light. Exhale. Rooting down. Inhale. Exhale. Feeling into my body, I feel a bit of pain in the back of my head. I woke up with a raging headache, but I've had some tea and it's settling down. I also feel warm, probably because I have a hot water bottle (laughs) on my lap. And I feel, again, a sense of relief for following through on a feeling that I had, which was to come back to this space. And I think that relief is sort of knowing that 
I am capable and that I do listen to myself and to my own needs. I was inspired yesterday by going to the Otherworld Zine Fair, which was down the road from my place and picking up a bunch of zines and talking to other creatives who are being vulnerable and sharing parts of themselves with the world. And I felt inspired to do the same. I've also been reflecting on how pain and discomfort and sickness really snap you out of being on autopilot in your life because your body is so strongly communicating with you to listen to it and to take rest and to be gentle with yourself. And it feels good to honor that. By really tuning into my body, I can also feel the multitude of feelings that coexist. So yes, I may feel pain in my head, but I also feel warmth and relaxation in my belly where my hot water bottle rests. And I invite you to similarly tune into the range of sensations your body feels at any given time, perhaps how it feels currently in this moment. And I think that can also be true of our emotions. Currently, I'm feeling quite solitary in my feelings of pain, but I also feel an ever-present feeling of love for my partner and my family and my friends. I feel sadness for the suffering of the planet, for the people in harm's way. I feel hope for some change through our new government and I feel relief that I've created some space for rest this week and all these feelings coexist and I give myself permission for them all to be and I hope you also give yourself permission for all your feelings and sensations to be. Today I'll be sharing one of the conversations with my dear friend Jordan that I had as part of my honours project called Earth Self that I did potentially close to two years ago now. I created a series of exercises to help people create a mutually sustaining relationship with the earth and as part of this project I interviewed participants before they began the exercises and talked to them about what makes them feel most alive, their connection to nature and themselves. My skills definitely don't sit with setting up microphones correctly, so please forgive the dodgy audio, and I hope you can tune in past all the distractions and soak in the conversation. Jordan and I talk about finding the rhythm in running, moving beyond feeling passive, and reframing how we put off certain behaviours from an aspirational future state to the here and now. Other notes, at some points my Italian blood (laughs) comes through and I explain things through gesturing, so there may be a missing element that affects the clarity of what I'm saying. I also get excited and talk over Jordan at some points, which I really cringe at when I replayed it this morning, but it's a learning curve, um, especially when talking with friends. If you can stay with us to the end, I'll have a journaling prompt for us to reflect on. not so natural at all. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm Jordan, um, BCI student, BizCom student. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I guess we'll just kick it off with what does nature mean to you? 
Um, I suppose two things, like it's the um, the physical environment, like basic stuff, trees, um, mm-hmm. the ocean, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, physical environment outside of the confines of a home or in general any mm-hmm. man, man-made yeah, walls. Building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the nature of a person, I guess, which kind of serves as the building blocks or the foundation for the rest of their personality, mm-hmm. which I feel like there's some, some could have like sort of <laughs> cool metaphor linking the two, but I'm mm-hmm. not articulate enough to uh-huh. kind of construct it. <laughs> okay, so you'd say, um, I guess linking onto that, where do you think nature ends then? In terms of, I suppose both, I've kind of dug myself in a hole. Where does nature end? Um, in terms of the physical environment, I suppose, because you are kind of manipulating the physical environment when mm-hmm. you're man making something, so yeah. So I guess nature at its sort of core is the less manipulated. Less manipulated, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, I like that. Each yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Fair. But then again, you can kind of manipulate things to look like they're a part of nature as well. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. Like but, parks, even, yeah. I guess that's kind of manicured nature. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, when do you feel most connected to the natural environment? I suppose when you're physically in the natural environment, hey. Um, yeah, I suppose going out into the natural environment is the best way to do that. And then obviously there's other substances which can make you feel more connected to the natural <laughs> environment, <laughs> physically connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being spiritually connected, yeah, just going out and experiencing the natural environment is, mm-hmm. I feel like, the, the best and most basic way, way to, to do connect. so. Um, how would you describe your connection between your mind and your body? Um, I suppose it's gotten better, especially the last couple of years. I think physically exercising more. I didn't used to physically exercise much mm. in high school. Like, I used you to do, do basic running, stuff. Which yeah, running. I go to the gym a lot. Um, yeah, but like feeling, like especially like growing muscle or mm-hmm. like getting injured and then recovering from that injury is a way to connect with your body. Mm. Um, and kind of learning your limits, especially. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I guess being a lot more intentional with like how you move your body. Yeah, and pushing yourself, I feel like, is one of the, the ways to kind of mm. get in contact with your body as well. A tough one. Yeah. And also like knowing, that, like I guess. That idea of like long-term gain for short-term pain like yeah, the exactly. idea of like this is good for me and I just have to I find that particularly with running there's that adjustment period of like settling into the rhythm of it and then yep. once you're there exactly. it actually starts yeah, the, pain, the pain doesn't necessarily change as much you just kind of get used to it <laughs> yeah, and it is one exactly. of those yeah it's one of those things one of the first sort of things that you do where you're kind of and pushing yourself without seeing the immediate return and um, just trusting that the return will be in the future mm, yeah I agree um Okay, following on from that, do you listen to the sounds of the natural landscape? And if yes, how do you listen to it? So the sounds of the natural landscape, I, the first thing I think of is like birds singing or the wind blowing. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose so, but um, like I think sounds, especially those sort of sounds, are definitely constricted or like confined when we're in the busy period or whether we're locked inside our house or mm. locked inside our own mind. So yeah, I feel like you only... I think of the common saying where it's like stop and like smell the roses or stop and hear the birds mm, sing. Like yeah. you really have to pause um, to and kind of appreciate those sort of things. Yeah, yeah it's an intentional thing. It's like it's always happening, mm. but um, whether you're like conscious about it is yeah. yeah. And I guess for me as well, like there's something about like being present in that as well. I think like when I'm going for a walk and like there's just like a bush of um, like jasmine flowers and I'm like I'm just gonna stick my head in yeah. that. It's just like being really present or you know when you're near the ocean being like I'm just gonna go in just go for a swim Um, yes and then how do you feel and what do you do when you read about environmental degradation I suppose the the sad thing is is that we get that so much or I personally get that so much through social media or have done I remember like first like learning about global warming when I was in like early stages of primary school and we've kind of been fed all that stuff the idea of the world burning from such a young age that mm. we are kind of numb to it now mm. and the fact that I kind of don't 
feel as concerned about it as I potentially should is a scary thing in itself mm. and potentially more scary than the actual outcome. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess it's, it's scary in the sense that it's like mutually, like they feed each other, like our being desensitized and numb to it makes, yeah, it, makes worse. it worse. Exactly. But at the same time, as it becomes worse, we see more and more and so yeah. we're less connected to it. 100%. And you get to get caught up in your own life without thinking about it. You know, the massive impacts of mm. you know, certain things that are potentially out of our control. So. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that the system is kind of designed to keep you tied in that state of yeah, like, exactly. I just don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a more positive note, what helps you to connect with your body? We've kind of touched on it before there. Mm, I think other people, to be honest. Yeah, it's just the strange thing where it's like, you like, I don't know, I feel like everyone likes hearing um, what other people think of them and kind of feedback from other people and you kind of don't think about mm. you, you're always constantly thinking about yourself but you don't notice those little idiosyncrasies until someone else tells mm. you and I think mm-hmm. noticing when someone else knows those things you kind of think about it yourself you're like hey I do do that <laughs> yeah, I, I the, do, the mirroring I do it. like push my hair behind my ears all the time yeah. or like, I do like scratch my beard a lot and it's yeah. like yeah like learning those things you don't necessarily think about definitely helps you connect and learn about yourself more yeah. so yeah. definitely from other people I think yeah so it's kind of like them holding up the mirror yeah exactly so, yeah it's like you're not capable of holding the mirror up yourself yeah um, it's kind of so normal. Normal. Yeah, exactly. yeah 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 totally agree um and then what helps you to connect with the environment mm, i'd say probably people like you as well <laughs> <laughs> you probably force me to they connect stress, with the environment yeah stressing everyone out um like pushing me to take shrooms in a cave there's substances as well yeah. like as silly as it is um yeah. as silly as it can be um yeah, yeah i think the link to that well. for me like partially is also like the inner child and like hmm, your inner sure. child does care and is curious and occasionally certain substances will like bring you to that sort of for sure inner child of being curious about it mm-hmm. and i guess it's kind of that then how do you integrate those learnings into your life yeah um, which i'm hoping these exercises are kind of like ways to integrate those things that we do sort of at our core care about but then don't necessarily know how to integrate into the the everyday yeah exactly um, that's the goal yeah what are your current conservation behaviors um, I suppose basic things like just recycling um, mm-hmm. and making sure that I know small things like, like it's hard to determine like what's a conservation behavior when there's a lot of things you kind of do subconsciously yeah. without thinking. Yeah. But yeah, I'm making sure I bring a water bottle everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've got a real pet hate against buying um, plastic, plastic water bottles. It makes no sense. It, it makes, makes no, no sense. sense. You're wasting money. Exactly. Wasting Plus, it goes away so quickly. Whereas I drink a lot of water. Yeah. And I like I have to refill my bottle. But also like it gets I don't know pet peeve of mine is like it gets really warm like if you have it sitting in the car yeah like they're, not, they're not ideal water storage <laughs> like containers like it's not ideal whereas like the aluminium one that i have like you can tap water it's freezing all day yeah, exactly right yeah, got the, <laughs> so yeah like the double walls like aluminium one yeah, yeah exactly amazing. stays cold um so yeah like making sure i bring a water bottle mm. everywhere um growing herbs at home yeah i don't know it's, it's a bit hard like i still live at home so with my mom and mm. so it's i don't know i feel like I'll, I'll input more of those sort of behaviors when i kind of move out mm. and establish a life for myself yeah like, I, 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 I get concerned that like that's where i think and i'm like oh actually like a lot of the conservation behaviors at least in my life are like instigated by my parents like mm. composting um, and like sort of growing your own food and like wow what I actually do need to step up and yeah. like it is one of those things where yeah I guess we need to integrate it into our routine so that it becomes this sort of normal thing exactly um, yeah I guess not limit us to like 
future aspirations in that sense of like yes yeah. that's true yeah I don't know yeah who knows yeah. if it is just something that I kind of like <laughs> be like oh I mean that for me is like is my diet as yeah, well exactly. like I'm trying to eat a lot less meat and I'm like oh it's because I live at home that's why I hate meat exactly. like, <laughs> there's no really. correlation no. there's no correlation between me not growing I'm vegetables and living at home so human being. Anything, it should be easier for me to grow vegetables while I'm living at home yeah. but it's just something that I'm like ah, I'll do that when I'm exactly. 35 exactly like, so I guess hopefully these exercises make us step up yeah like, it's, it's so dumb <laughs> like I take back that entire answer but it's <laughs> so it's calling us both out isn't it oh, that's good. <laughs> um okay um what makes you feel most alive mmm dancing and Music, dancing, drugs, um, <laughs> friends. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm a very, a bit of an introverted social person, mm-hmm. an introverted extrovert. So. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> like it takes me a while to get to to warm up to people. Yeah. Um, I really put an effort into warming up to people, but then yeah. I'm like feel most alive when I'm around other people and just in that pure bliss kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. On a Berlin dance floor. Or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Losing or like your in minds. the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like that and like being in the ocean where you're completely submerged is. Like you just can't beat it. Yeah, I suppose in a, on a like real micro level, it's just when senses are being like get really pushed to the yeah. extreme. Yeah. Or, yeah, I guess this isn't on here, but on the flip side of that, I'm more curious. What makes you feel least alive? <laughs> Doing any work, um, sitting behind a computer. Mm. Um, yeah, what else could I say? It's stupid things that we like enjoy doing all the time, like sitting there watching a TV show or something, or mm. yeah, something. I kind of the way I think I'm thinking about it now is when my senses are being totally like encapsulated by a feeling, like a sense of smell mm. or um, visual, yeah, or like dopamine hits or whatever. And then other things when I'm completely calm, it's like when I'm feeling least mm. alive, like it's kind of sterile. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's kind of the... <laughs> exactly yeah, like yeah. baseline. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, is there anything you hope to learn in particular through taking part in this research? Um, what I hope to learn in particular? I suppose, yeah, feeling more alive when I'm by myself, like happiness mm-hmm. when I'm by myself. I don't know, like, like my response to one of the early questions was when do I feel most alive? And like the first thing I thought of was when I'm around other people. But obviously, mm-hmm. and I try to be solemn with myself, but um, yeah, just trying to be more happy when I'm by myself. Yeah, yeah, like, like general well-being, I guess. Yeah, yeah. general well-being yeah. when I'm by myself, yeah. Yeah. Internal happiness. Yeah. Not needing to rely on other people to feel happy, because yeah. I feel like that's, a little bit of that is great, and that's mm. just naturally being a social person, but too much of that or anything in general is toxic, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that kind of links into technology as well, in the sense exactly. that, like, it's, like, being witnessed by other people, and I mm. think that at least for me I'm like I get into that trippy state where I'm like if you know that what's that saying of if no one hears the tree falling did the tree actually fall yeah exactly and I'm like if I'm doing something and it's not witnessed by another person or I'm not recording it or like memento keeping or whatever it is Mm -hmm. is it actually happening and for me I guess like just one of the learnings is like just being completely present and fulfilled in that and not needing that external for sure. validate that it's happened or happening. Yeah, and what form does that take? Like, is that sort of validation in, like, posting something on your Instagram story or mm. just being on Instagram in general? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm worse with that. At the same time, it's kind of nice when it's connecting over, like, really mundane things. Yeah. Or, and, like, and, and important things as well, but it's, like, yeah, the balance of... Yeah, and the toxic side of that, where it's just, like, sitting there scrolling through your phone for, for two hours. or three hours. It's just, yeah, like, that's the scary just, one, like, the, the time hole. Where yeah, it's just, it's just like, falling to, like, doing less of that is probably my goal, yeah. which I don't know if that's the goal of the task, but hey, maybe it's I think, it's, I think it de- directly links in the sense that our, a lot of the global destruction that's happening is because of our passivity, I think. Yes. Yeah. And I think 
it's kind of like destruction in the weirdest sense where we're not actively destruct like um, <laughs> we're not actively destroying anything but by being passive we are yep yeah, for sure. If I had to sum it up in one word yeah. of what I want to get out of this and what I want to change about myself in the future, yeah. it's like not to turn this into like a self-help Jordan self-help video, <laughs> welcome back to my sort of thing, but like passivity. I feel like being yeah. passive about Passive, so many things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I've talked about this to you in terms of not knowing mm. what I'm passionate about. It's like career-wise. It's, yeah, yeah, career-wise or just passion in general. It's just because mm. I've been so passive for the last 23 years and mm. it's just like, I just haven't been bothered to think about these sort of things. Yeah. Like, I'm just yeah. passive in so many areas yeah. of my life. And I think that is linked to like routine and comfort and it's definitely like being able to push that and then having that sort of sense of going beyond the the comfort of the daily and then yeah I guess exposing yourself to the other whatever that may be um usually I think links you to more stronger emotions yeah makes sense in my head I don't know if that's like coming across but yeah I guess that idea of like even, I mean, for me particularly, that one where I went to Fiji, that mm. has, like, burned into my brain. Like, you know, this sense of, like, complicity and guilt where I feel so indebted to those people for, like, my lifestyle. Like, and knowing that, like, unless I actively do more, then I'm a terrible human. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> passive. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I guess, that was the foundation yeah. for a lot of this, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And just, like... I think showing other people like ways to care and like ways to be aware um and also realizing that it's like a positive cycle like mm. it's I think that's why I said like why I described it as being like mutually sustaining because like it is one of those things where in the same way that destructive loop is you know a cycle I think the positive one where if you step outside of that and you give your attention to other things then that you know physically helps your body because you're not sitting there like yep. for four or five hours a day um, and then by noticing and by being aware, like you do care and the rest of your life sort of merges to that path, mm-hmm. um, where I think, yeah, sort of things like, you know, pro-environmental behavior becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Um, like EG, just like being in the garden and then being aware and genuinely enjoying that is like physically helping my body, but then I'm more, you know, prone to growing my own food or, you know, anything that takes me outside of that built environment and spending like life <laughs> outdoors and for sure. and living properly yeah and so i suppose going through that initial part where it's like not the most interesting thing in the world it's, it's like anything like when you start running the first part of it sucks, it like, sucks. Yeah, exactly. exactly and it's until and you, you find that, that rhythm exactly yeah. you gotta find that rhythm in other areas of your life as well yeah which i really relate to yeah cool thank you just no worries <laughs> that went so much better than i thought it was going okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you've made it here to the end, thank you for your time and energy. My question for you today is connected to what John and I spoke about, about shifting the aspirational state to the here and now. And I think a large part of that is creating the time and space to listen to your body. So the question today is, when I slow my breath and come home to myself, what do I notice? And how can I, with kindness, compassion, and love, support myself in this moment? Perhaps you feel cold and you can put on another layer. Perhaps you notice you feel thirsty and you can make yourself a warm cup of tea. Perhaps you notice your eyes are sore from looking at a screen and you can pet an animal or go for a walk. Perhaps you feel disconnected from the land and you can stand barefoot on the earth. 
I literally hugged a tree on my walk home last night and it calmed me down. I hope that together we can slow down and be attentive to the needs of ourselves and our shared home.